0: Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Now Loading podcast. The podcast where we will sit down and we talk about things that happen in, in the gaming world, the entertainment world, pretty much just whatever we want to talk about. I'm your host at uh, uh, on Twitch, go by Jack. Here with me are two other streamers, two friends of mine. We've got Brandy, who's a Slay with Brandy on Twitch, and then we've got Dallas or a Mewing Llama on Twitch. Both very seasoned streamers both into lots of different stuff we're gonna be talking about a lot of different stuff today i guess first i want to just go over with you guys and go through introduce yourselves and just kind of talk about what you guys did uh over the holidays because i mean we had a pretty uh pretty crazy holiday season it was christmas just came through and then now all of a sudden we're in 2022 now so i guess which one everyone you guys want to start first
1: i'll go first uh holiday season you know can't complain you know i it, the older I've gotten especially this year family has gotten more and more important to me uh, just the little things you know you don't care about the trivial stuff like yeah Christmas holiday all that but just being around family in general throughout the year is fantastic and I appreciate it and last year with COVID being so rampant it was uh, weird because I went over and it was just kind of like immediate family and then any anybody else it was just a zoom call and there was just that separation there like in the internet world obviously I have great friends you guys included where that is our entire relationship right so there's I don't know there's it's different when it comes to family at least with me it was just wasn't the same it was almost like I don't even want to do the zoom call because they're not even you know it's just that Mm -hmm. separation but you know I didn't have to do that this year because everybody was like yeah everybody's vaccinated and we don't have to you know everybody's clean bill of health so let's get together and it was it was nice. I had a good time with it.
2: I was gonna say, um, I'm Brandy, and I I agree with that completely. I was, honestly, I was more nervous about the holidays this year because right the week before Christmas, I took a trip down to Florida. I went to Orlando, and I did all the the theme parks. I went to a convention, and there, COVID doesn't exist in Florida like it does in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so when i came back first thing i did was get tested and um my fiance and i were very very nervous and luckily came back negative so like we were able to hang out with our family and such but i felt like the last year everyone was just so separated that you weren't like that thought of missing out you already anticipated yeah and then this year Mm. I wasn't sure because I feel like, especially with Omicron here in New York being crazy rampant, everyone was like super on edge, not sure if they were gonna be able to see family, not sure if like seeing family was the right move even because now after the fact, so many more cases are coming out. So I agree with you completely. It's an opportunity to get to see your family and actually be together is something you can't pass up so the fact that i was able to is definitely something i'm grateful for and i was very pleased about that and uh actually i have in my family um i'm russian so we actually celebrate christmas i am yeah i'm russian and ukrainian and uh we actually celebrate christmas on january 7th as well (laughs) so it's another round of everybody getting tested before this weekend to make sure that we can all see each other new
1: york's a hot so, spot too with covid it, going on isn't it
2: it is it is very rough right now so that's uh still trying to hope that we can get through the holidays and gotta get through part two be good and everyone can be safe exactly part one good part two we're getting a little nervous now it's a little spicy so but happy to be able to spend time together with family and and as you said too with like friends online and stuff. We've never had that issue of not being able to keep up with each other. So it's a vastly different like relationship and being appreciative of seeing those people in person because that hasn't been the norm for the past two years.
1: My family's not big into being online. So when, when I mean that there was a disconnect, like there's a major disconnect there.
2: Yeah. Same with my family. They, they, they don't even know what Twitch is. Yep. <laughs> so it's uh vastly different when we actually get to hang out.
0: That's pretty, pretty much how the the Christmas, at least my family was too. A lot of my family lives pretty close to me. Because we're all we all pretty much everybody, everybody just lives in Kansas. So that's it wasn't too hard to get everyone together. The only online, I think, part that we really had to do was my family just went to church online. Which that's really funny because there's a lot of people that don't know about how that stuff works we watched literally a mass where half of it was uh i guess they were using it to they were live streaming i guess through obs and they just had the they just had the obs screen up nice like oh, you could just, just watching the entire, the entire obs screen. <laughs> yeah they just weren't using the preview amateur hour out gotcha. there yeah <laughs> i was just like oh god just hire some just get somebody who knows what they're doing with that stuff <laughs> but yeah holiday is pretty good i mean like I know it was hard to like buy stuff. I know it's my family was talking about like it was hard to purchase some stuff. Just because I don't know if it was there's just shortages for most things. Everything is everything. everything. Like, yep. It's just it's just rough in most places. I
1: saw Halloween candy and Valentine's Day candy out on shelves. <laughs> I shelf, saw dude. The
0: Valentine's candy things yeah. too. Like stores are putting a Valentine's candy. I'm like, bro, we need to slow yesterday, down. Yesterday,
2: yesterday, all I went to Walmart. All of the holiday sections already Valentine's Day. I'm like, come on, man. Christmas was like what two days ago? Yep. Happening? <laughs> yep. How?
0: Yeah, it's good that we had better at least a at least a better Christmas than like what twenty twenty was, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Agreed. So hopefully the twenty twenty two it just keeps we keep slowly moving in that direction. That COVID
1: Need things but, to uh, open we,
0: back up, man.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah. Hopefully. That's something that I'm like really looking forward to in this next year as well is everything like even though COVID is still prevalent things are getting back on track which we were kind of getting a bit of in the later half of last year but like you know movies were halted shows were halted conventions were halted like everything in the entertainment gaming industry I feel like just kind of was like at a standstill for a while And this is the first year that we're actually, like, starting off in January, getting back to everything in doses, but, like, Hmm. more than we've had. So I'm definitely looking forward to everything that's to come.
0: Yeah. The stuff's slowly starting to come back. There's some places that have gotten a lot of... uh... A lot of you know hits because of COVID and you know lack of having events. You know specifically the uh the different PAX conventions, because like late last year, PAX South and inde- canceled indefinitely. So they they and they don't think there's going to be a time where that's going to return. That's a big convention that takes place in that part of the country.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's I that's cut you off. I was going to say it's. I think it's upsetting because. It seemed like they had high hopes with that, where you were saying specifically that part of the country. Like, we have PAX East for the East Coast, and then they had PAX Prime for more of the West Coast, and there wasn't really a PAX representation down in the the southern part of the country. So this, I felt like they had high hopes for especially being in Texas, being in such a crucial area with a lot of people. It's a
1: huge market there, especially for, like, gaming.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, don't is isn't um, is it QuakeCon that's also down there? That's like Bethesda's one that they tried to do and it kind of failed as well over time.
1: You got me on that one. I'll be honest.
2: If I'm not mistaken, QuakeCon Quake? Bethesda. It's it It's called QuakeCon. I don't know if it's still happening, but was it was Bethesda's attempt at doing essentially a BlizzCon of Bethesda games, and its primary focus was like Doom. And it went for a couple mm-hmm. years, and it was down, I, I'm i not sure if it was Texas, but for some reason I'm feeling like it was in that area, uh, like Texas, Arizona, something.
0: Yeah, I've got it pulled up here. It was supposed Did to you? take place August of 2021 in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, And okay. they went, they went. They had to go to virtual.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so they still
0: had it? They still had it, but it they was just, they, it. they couldn't really do any of the stuff, because I think from what I'm reading, it looks like it works kind of like a dream hack. Okay. Where like you where it also acts as like a big land party that you can mm-hmm. have, so it was kind of that's kind of a big deal because that that's a I guess that's a big part of it where like gotcha. you can de- play those Bethesda games but you can just do it in like a land setting.
2: Yeah, because when they like first came out with Pack South, I was like, oh, it's kind of like they're doing because th- Bethesda I, at least in the I've been going to Pack Seas for the past eight years. And Bethesda was always a huge part of PAX. So when they kind of made their own thing, and then they were, like, not as much of the focal point. At least at PAX East, they don't have a a booth on the show floor anymore. And they haven't in the past, like, three, four years. And they have their own, like, Bethesda party, is what they, like, call it. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, in the hotel next to the con. Um, because they started with QuakeCon and they were trying to separate slightly from PAX. So, all of this stuff with like, you know, this PAX South not working when I remember QuakeCon happening in that same state is, it's surprising. I know that like COVID obviously had a huge impact on it because obviously you're going to have less attendance if they do have it during these times. Or you're going to have issues getting companies there or having people come. But for them to, like, indefinitely end it is surprising You think me. that's
1: going to make QuakeCon thrive then, since there's no, I guess, direct competition for them?
2: I, honestly, it might. Mm. Yeah. I think there's potential for it. I mean, I love Bethesda. So I might be a little biased. Like I've wanted to go to QuakeCon. I just I've I've never even been to Texas before. So that's more just like a money issue and such. But it's always been a goal of mine to do that. So without that could be me, your opportunity right there. It could be. So I'm, i know I'm, you're I'm thinking so-
1: about it. You sound like you're thinking about it already. <laughs>
2: oh, I definitely am. Honestly, I wanted to go to Pac South too, and. One of the main reasons I didn't is, as I said earlier, um, because I celebrate Russian Christmas, a lot of the time this con fell either the first or second week of January. Same as like MAGFest, if you've heard of that, which is another huge con in uh, Virginia, which is this weekend as well, were cons that I normally pass up because I celebrated Christmas with my family. So that's why I never got to pack South. And now that they're not having it, I'm like, damn, like I wonder if it'll come back or maybe I should just opt to go to a different con in that area that I've back. been thinking about.
1: I mean, in the article, though, they talk about they're they're saying due to lack of growth and that's kind of like a red flag for me even though I'm not somebody that's super into the convention, you know, community and all that, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: you would think that Pack South, its location, it would thrive. Like, on paper, yes. you're like, that's the perfect location for it to be for a convention like that. California, Texas, those are the two like big markets. And for it to be, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a clickbait, I don't know, but them saying that it's it's canceled due to lack of growth and then COVID as well, but lack of growth, I just find that hard to believe. So, I mean, if it is lack of growth, it might not come back.
2: And I definitely have seen it not. I mean, they're also comparing it. They have Paxis to compare to, which is the The Boston Convention Center is the biggest convention center on the East Coast. So the amount of people that come into that con every weekend that it happens is like almost up to New York Comic Con status, which is huge. Big boys. And then PAX Prime on the West Coast is like almost at the same big boy status as San Diego Comic Con. So when they're looking at Pack South and they're comparing it to these two massive conventions, there is so much pressure on that con to hit those expectation levels that I don't feel like they anticipated that it was going to have a slow start. I think they thought they were going to knock it out of the park right off the bat. And when that didn't happen, which was not that many years ago, and then COVID happened end of 2019, 2020, the con had only been going on for about four years. Yeah,
1: I knew it wasn't very long.
2: So, and the first two years, slow so, as far as I knew, in the first year or so, most people didn't even know it was happening. That's but, bad marketing. Exactly. Bad. And the, the other thing that, I mean, as a person who goes to cons, like, the first... Weekend of, like, the new year. January is also, like, it's cold. Yeah, You're not trying to go anywhere or do anything. I know Texas is warm, but, like, I'm not trying to travel right now. I just want to stay in and be a homebody. And it's around holidays, so people just spent a buttload of money last month. So they're not really necessarily putting a ton of money into flying to Texas or driving there and then paying for a hotel for a weekend and the con itself. Like, it's an expensive... Event to go to. So I think honestly. Between their timing. Their lack of proper advertising. And their high expectations. They kind of. Uh, like a perfect Shot storm. themselves in the foot a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And then COVID was like oh.
1: <laughs> By the way I'm going <laughs> to sprinkle this on top a little bit. There you go.
2: Yep, exactly. I don't know. And they did say cancelled indefinitely. They didn't. Like they could have, that's, that's a word that is not a, what's a definitive. Ended. Exactly. They could have just said like, PAC South canceled forever. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs>
1: no, they. You never see so. that in a headline. Just big, bold letters forever. Gone.
2: <laughs> never, never to be seen again. So I think the fact that they said indefinitely, that might be like, you know what? We're, we're still in COVID times. We're not going to put the efforts into it right now. But maybe, and they even put "foreseeable future" in parentheses. So again, yeah. like
3: it's
1: it's kind of like no, they're no. they're leaving that door open for the possibility. They're they're like, we might bring it back if we feel that we can. We'll do it. If not, then it's just gone.
2: Mhm, Exactly. So I mean, we'll have to just like see. PAX East will happen in April of this year, which is the next PAX event. So I feel like as that con nears closer, they might potentially have news regarding if they want to bring South back.
1: I think that'll be a banger as well. I think everybody's going to be just so amped to go to, you know, an event like a, like a PAX one. it would be, what, the first one that's been open since COVID? So Well, everybody's... They,
2: had, they had PAX Prime back in the end of August, early September.
1: Oh, really? In person,
2: they did, yes. So the I know a lot of companies pulled out and a lot of the events were like online stuff. Like they did have a lot of digital stuff because the um what's the word? The amount of people that showed up was obviously less and yeah. to be expected. But that 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 happened as well as Pax Unplugged, which is in Pennsylvania, which is all tabletop games. It's no no um console, no PC, nothing. So that happened in November, which is actually doing better than PAX South is, and that only came Man. about a couple of years ago as well, which is surprising to me cuz yeah, when a I niche go to PAX, <laughs> when I go to PAX, I don't go anywhere near the tabletop section. <laughs> but that's I don't want to hear me.
1: about your 20th iteration of Uno, okay? <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, this will be interesting to see it going, especially since more cons are happening again this year and people are getting that itch to want to get back yeah. to events.
1: What about TwitchCon? What do you think? Do you think that with the way that COVID is kind of pulling a 180 on us once again, it's like we're recovering from it. Now it's going to hit us hard again. Do you think that Twitch is going to try to keep TwitchCon open or do you think that they're going to pull the plug again and be like, we're going to wait another year?
2: I would say, well, TwitchCon in Europe always happens before the California one.
1: Yeah, it's it's several months before, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I want to say it's like late spring it happens. So I want to say if that con doesn't happen, I don't feel like we will get a TwitchCon, especially because it's in California. And California, just like New York, is like the hub of all of this COVID stuff. And they're very uh, anal about it, just like we are here. However, I was surprised that we still had things like New York Comic Con and stuff. So there is the opportunity, but I feel like if the Twitch Con in Europe gets canceled, I feel like we won't have one here. But if that one happens, I feel like there is a big chance they're just gonna that greenlight it. Yes. So well, I'm, throw it up in the air. Whatever happens, happens, happens. Exactly.
0: think it's things just kind of depend because i think the european one's in amsterdam right yeah it's amsterdam so it's all it's all based on just uh netherlands uh you know protocols and policies pretty much is what it depends on for that Mm -hmm. because i know europe's pretty like it literally just varies by country like how like how that stuff works like some places you they won't like let you fly in from certain countries and then Mm -hmm. other ones it's like you can you can come in from wherever you just have to just stay in this hotel for like a week or something True. True. like it's all just kind of depends i'd love Uh, to go
1: i'm not staying in a a single hotel room for a week not nope i'll just miss i'll just miss it
2: not to mention it's like are you gonna are you gonna pay for my hotel room for the week (laughs) that i have to quarantine before the week that i'm at the con because i know i can't afford that
0: yeah I mean, I don't think I don't think California's gonna make you do that. I just know that like Britain's like horrible for that. Like they like charge you so much.
2: Yeah, well, all, I guess like, I, for the tests
0: and everything like that.
2: Not so much the quarantine aspect, but just the fact that TwitchCon is a very international convention, so it draws in people from a lot of countries, regardless of mm-hmm. where it's located. So then they're taking into effect the customs of like I know right now, coming in and out of the country especially because of the COVID restrictions, is, like, tough. (laughs) Like, for a while, our borders were closed to anybody that wasn't a U.S. citizen. So uh, that's, I guess, my concern with it, is not even just California's restrictions, but the fact that a lot of people would be coming from outside the country, into the country, kind of poses that problem of, Are we gonna be able to get these people in or these there's also a lot of companies that are not American companies? That is true. Yeah. Like just off the top of my head when I think of like Dead by Daylight, they're they're a Canadian company. So that's why like they didn't come to PAX last year, because they were, you know, issues with customs and things like that. And that's when the pandemic was first or two years ago when it was first starting. So a lot of companies that aren't based in the US would also have an issue with that too. That's uh,
0: I, that's the only big question I've really had with these cuz I when they announced it that they were going to have I was like this is they're announcing this really early, early so they yeah. must be mm-hmm. really confident in in whatever it's either that or they're just, you know They just are very ignorant about it. And it's like, what a time for me to
1: want to go to my first major one, you know, like right in this last like few years. It's like, okay, it's time for me to finally hit my first major event. And then COVID's like, bam, what's up? Everything shut down. And I'm like,
0: well, all right. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I I personally I hope it happens and I I hope you do go because I mean like the the last one that they had you know 2019 that was the first that was my first convention I ever went to, mm-hmm. and that was that one was a big one for me personally on many levels because that was also the first time I traveled anywhere by myself, so that oh, one okay. was and it's and it was the second time I think I'd ever been to California, uh it was definitely good San Diego is a great place for that convention to be at it's it what mm-hmm. it it didn't feel as crowded as because the only other place i've been to is la it it's way less crowded than la it feels kind of it feels like a smaller city if that makes any sense like it mm-hmm. it just seemed like a good place i didn't even get, explore that much of it that's definitely something i want to do if if we go this if i go this year mm-hmm. i definitely want to go and see maybe take an extra more week San Diego. and then yeah even though there even though i was even though i had a hotel there for like what was it for like five or six days and it was like over, like, a thousand bucks for, like, the whole stay. I was like, damn, it costs so much for a hotel room here.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Try but staying fl- in New York.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I'll God, sleep I on the remember. street. I, I don't even um, remember how much the hotel was when I went to I New York. I spend
2: about a thousand bucks in a weekend just going to the city.
0: Yeah, I'll sleep. I'll sleep on a cardboard box.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? I'll be a bum for the weekend. <laughs> Do you have room on your cardboard?
0: <laughs> There's definitely, like, plenty of of room to walk and much, much less traveling in San Diego. That's for sure.
2: For mm-hmm, sure.
0: It didn't, fe- it, it, it was, e- it was easy to go and like Uber around to places or walk to places. No problem. It, it definitely didn't, it didn't unless until you got into the convention center, it didn't really feel like a big event. And I don't really know how big event TwitchCon is in scale of other cons, but it, it felt like a big event when you were there, there was just so many people in there But them. Like when you started walking around, it just, didn't seem that like there were that many people there
2: but. yeah i i've yet to go i know in terms of like in comparison to other gaming conventions it's i would say it's starting to get on par with PAX, but it's not quite i would say the density level of like blizzcon and stuff like that if that makes sense yeah or I guess it, it. You could put it more on par with like E three, if that makes. E
0: three has always enough, been a big one for me. More
2: understanding.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like E three.
2: Niche group of people yeah. that go to TwitchCon. Yeah. yeah. As Good. opposed to just gamers in general per se. Yeah,
0: because it's like it's like just people in the area of Twitch and stuff like that. I remember uh-huh. that because there was like you would see like like for example that when i went that was that was during the time when shroud was on facebook and like you like like basically shroud wasn't there but like every single person that he like played games with or anyone that you would associate with him was like there like i like mm-hmm. met those people and it was uh it was definitely weird and like especially cuz like <laughs> this year it'd be like really weird cuz like there's no no tim the tatman on there you know like they they just have like pictures of like well like summit and- nick mercs just like like all the whoever whoever the new like, like
2: ninja or whatever on yeah there.
0: ninja would be on there again like just like the new or poster Pokenin. boys there's so many people that have just been switching
2: true
1: and true. gta was the number one most watched like game category on twitch this last year and really? the entire it's because of gta rp yeah the rp
2: community. oh gosh gotcha. i was gonna say and like so
1: the major ones, the ones for that are going to facebook like the big big names in GTA RP are all moving to Facebook now, so it's like okay, well, what do you now? Now you've kind of lost an entire category, basically.
3: Yeah. And now it's gonna get it even like... less
1: and less. So I don't know. Maybe TwitchCon might start. Maybe they need to rebrand. Maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. They they've, maybe. they've yeah, it's not really. They kind of just have like the the big like poster streamers out there for like. Just for like, you know, like to have poster people. But like when I was there, it didn't really, there wasn't a lot of focus on like specific streamers and stuff like that. Obviously, there was like autograph stations right. for like, for some of them. But like a lot of them, it was, it def, I definitely got to, I got to play a lot of different games there. There's a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you could play like bigger games and there's like indie games. There's a lot of tech companies there. You could try out different stuff. That's kind of like where I, I learned a lot. I spent so much time at the OBS booth. I spent a lot of time there because there were just developers there, and you could just mm-hmm. talk to them. That was really cool. And then I also like spent time at basically a lot of different tech stations, like the Elgato booth. I spent a lot of time there, uh, and then just like I like peripherals because I was just looking at other like things there. It didn't. It felt like it was more about like the games and the gamer versus mm-hmm. like the streamer. That just sounds based on a all lot the like there.
2: hacks. Because that's like like, how you just described. That is exactly how Pax is. More
1: about the community rather than the creators. Mm -hmm.
2: and and the Pax floor is always split into like um, four sections where it's like one is big name developers, so you always have like two K, but there's the Square Enix, like those companies, and then you have the indie section that's like four rows of just people you've never heard of, and then there's Tabletop, and then there's like a giant land section. And the mo the most like focus of it is mostly on playing the games, learning stuff. They normally have like a Twitch booth um, or a Discord booth and stuff like that. So it's not what you're just, des- I've never been to TwitchCon, but what mm-hmm. you're describing sounds along the lines of PAX. So you would probably love PAX.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought about going to, I wanted to go to a PAX like that. I thought about PAX prime just because I thought that's the only one I could get like, I would, I'd probably get my brother to go with me to that. Because I think isn't that one in Seattle? Or is that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he Seattle. he he wants to like move to Seattle. So mm-hmm. like I I definitely been trying to get him to go to that one. That'd be like a trial period for him. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. he's been there multiple times because he has friends that live there and stuff like that. Yeah. But that'd be good for me. And then God, yeah, because Pack South would have been one for me, too, because like I, said, I haven't <laughs> I been to Texas say. either. and i wanted to go but like there's other like smaller ones i know there's south by southwest that's there i know that's kind of that that one's like a small one Mm -hmm. i just have heard about that one so much uh i know dallas knows but like i've I've always wanted to go to rtx yeah i know they had it virtual uh last year i know so many people there like in
1: texas so like yeah pack south being gone it's like that would have been the one that I would have gone to of the three just because I know so many people that are there. So it's like, I could go there and hit up, you know, how, however many or whoever's available while I'm down there.
2: A lot of what I heard too, it wasn't even just like general people attendees. that was an issue. A lot of companies were not going there. And a lot of like big name people were either busy doing other stuff or like it was post holidays. So they were like in downtime for a bit. So they weren't, like, gearing up to go. Because I know, like, I have friends that work for Riot and, like, will arrange when Riot goes to a con. And they need, like, five, at least five to six months before the con itself to decide if they want to prepare to go to said convention.
1: Well, for Riot, it makes sense, though, for them to not go in that time frame because there's... There's really nothing going on for them whatsoever. I mean, I know they've got multiple oh, yeah. games now, but still, it's it's the end so of the I year So I can only
2: imagine how other games, like other companies, you know, it's first weekend in January, so it's kind of like, do we have anything to even show right now? Like, we probably, most companies, I feel like, will show off their big stuff, like November, December time. Yeah. So by January, they don't have anything yet. Because they won't normally have anything until, like, quarter two come, like, March, April, which is when PAX East is. So I thought, I I think the timing is just a big issue with it, but it, it still stinks that kind of a lost opportunity there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You can't really, you know, change the factor that, I mean, it, it already has two major, I guess, friendly events that are going on that it has to compete with and... They've got prime spots already, so it's like there's only so much time. You know, you can't really move it around too much. You just kind of got to hope that
0: it works with what it's got, and it hasn't. I mean, PAX uh, Pax South was really good for those. Uh, looks like it was known for those indie games, those smaller games. Uh, speaking of indie games, indie games really kind of went crazy this year when it comes to the game awards. We had uh-huh. a we had game of the year going to it takes 2 which is a it's a co-op. it's a i i, I guess i could say it's an indie game yeah it's, it's made yeah. by oh, Hay- yeah. his Hayes Light. they're still pretty uh they're still pretty new i mean they made uh what was the uh what was the game they made before that it was like a, the two guys that broke out of prison. Oh, Away Out. A I didn't know they movie. made oh. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't it's the realize so it was the same company.
1: I mean, Away okay. yeah. Out
0: was really good. I played that, I think, twice with
1: two different people. That game, absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I love the concept of it, but I didn't know that the, they made uh, yeah, It Takes Light, Two.
0: Yeah, like made it, it Takes Two. I mean, it makes uh, sense. Kinda, I just yeah, thought somebody it's, else took that same it's idea. It's set up the same way. I was, yeah. uh, when I first saw the game, I was like, it looks kind of like, that one game i still like, want to play I de- it I haven't it's played definitely it been their. it's definitely been like their thing like they that company definitely like they want to they wanted to bring back like the count the couch co-op mm-hmm. kind of games which you know is that de- it's definitely a call back to like some of the older games you know like in some some people that weren't around for those the heyday of those kinds of games
2: I'm this is the heyday of, like, Nintendo in general. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the
1: old style. Back to, like, the, Se-
2: the Sega days and stuff. Sega. Ugh. So. And honestly, like, I was thinking about it because I was moderately upset that it got first because I really wanted Village, like, Resident Evil Village to win. What was it
1: up against? I'm assuming it was Village up against, is one of
2: them. Yeah, it was up against Village, uh, the new Ratchet & Clank, nah. Psychonauts 2. Nah. metroid dread and Deathloop, and i was talking um with a fellow shima friend and we were thinking i wanted we both wanted village but we were thinking metroid might have a, a chance because nintendo fans are crazy and i mean this in the mm-hmm. best way but like when they are adamant about wanting nintendo to win They go full force, so I thought Metroid was going to pull it just because they had the whole back, it was the only, you know, Nintendo-driven game in the list, and I was genuinely surprised when this game came in first. I'm not upset, I haven't played the game personally, I've just watched people play it, so I can't really Mm -hmm. say if I hate it or don't like it or whatever in that regard. from first
1: hand, at least.
2: Exactly. But I just thought it was interesting that a game that forces you to play co-op ended up being everybody's game of the year, considering I feel like we're in a time where (laughs) if you're playing a co-op game, it's like an intense multiplayer thing online, not like a very intimate two people pushing through a game.
1: I don't know. Maybe the writing behind it was so captivating for everybody that it was a thing. But, I mean, I'm with you, honestly. Resident Evil it's these these last (laughs) two that they've done like seven biohazard it's kind of like a callback to the original right
2: yes i agree
1: but they've put a modern twist on it and changed the story so it's not the same thing but it's it is the same thing if you've played the original and then seven or eight i'm sorry village is the same as four but modernized and with a twist on it and it tells a new story right but it's like the old one still and I I didn't play it, but I was in Discord with somebody who was playing it. So ba- I was basically like their couch co-op style playing you know, Resident mm-hmm. Evil. Um, I thought it was fantastic all the way through. I thought it was brilliant.
2: And to, to go off of what you were saying, we're saying it, it draws on Resident Evil 4 and the originals. And then it's a direct sequel to 7. Right, yeah. And the game itself, um, I don't know if you caught this while watching or anything. It actually makes... Specific hints at the older games, like it specifically hints at four with the Duke making references towards like a stranger that he knows. So I feel like that. I mean, me as someone who loved the original games, I was like, oh my god, yeah. I love this. And then yeah. like they even make hints at. I, I won't say specifically um, as to not spoil, <laughs> but it it does relate to stuff that happens in one. Uh, which draws you even back to the whole, you know, Wesker and everything, and then just going off of that, you're also bringing in this whole new age of people coming to the series who have only played Ethan's story, or have only played, like, the two and three remasters, so I thought it was gonna have a huge backing, along with it just being a fantastic game, so I was genuinely surprised for it to not take it. And not to mention, I felt like last year was like the year of Resident Evil. Yeah. They were dropping <laughs> like, like games, title after title, shows, after
3: title.
1: There
2: was shows. There Isn't was movies. is there a new I, I, show I, I, coming out? There's a movie, there, I think. There, the movie just came out. I haven't seen it yet, but it dropped last month. Then they had a Resident Evil show that came out last year as well. It was only four episodes, but it was an animated one that was really good. And then... They have another, um, I believe, live-action show that's slated for either next year or the year after. And then on top of that, um, I was seeing it being even brought in... It was brought into a Dead by Daylight. They had a Resident Evil yep. pack. Um, I don't know if you listen to Ice Nine Kills, but they made a Resident Evil song. <laughs> so, like, Resident Evil was just it's in, like, everywhere. everything. It was everywhere.
1: Resident Evil, for me, though... Like, just talking about the games specifically, also, little side note, I never understood why the the Mila Jovovich movies were so different from the game, I never understood that, but the game the the way that they're tying all the stories together like the old classic games to the new ones and all that Mm -hmm. if you've ever played metal gear you have to play through that (laughs) franchise like 20 times to even like start to put some of the pieces together for the story to make sense it's so intricate Uh, in that regard that i feel like resident evil is starting to get that way and it's easier for us who are older and you know, were alive when the original ones were made. (laughs) Like, it's easier for us to put those together, but these newer fans, there's so many things that are just going to fly over their head, and unless they start diving into it, like, super into it, they're going to miss so much.
2: Agreed. It's it's definitely getting very... And it's also one of those types of games that has, like, you know, collectible documents and such, and a good chunk of the story is in that, and, like, people like my brother, who just, like, run and gun, they don't care to pick things up, they just power push through the game like it's a Call of Duty, like, thing, and they don't pick anything up, they don't read anything, so you're missing, like, half of the story, which I felt like that age of games really sparked, like, mid-2000s, when we were getting, you know, Borderlands and and Bioshock and Red Dead and stuff like that, where, like, you got story in every ounce of the game. Yeah. And we don't get as much of that anymore. So the new age kids just, it goes, as you said, right over their heads. Well, I mean,
1: there are a lot of AAA title companies out there that, you know, had the, you know, maybe a, a double-sided video game where they would have a campaign and a multiplayer. A lot of them were cutting the campaign out just completely. Yep. That's
2: that's something that I thought was surprising too.
1: I'm like, man, I, you know, I'd pay sixty dollars a year for these games. I actually enjoyed the campaigns and the stories you were telling. <laughs> I would also enjoy the multiplayer, but I would love the eight to ten hours of campaign that I would get to play. Now I
3: don't even get that.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Too many games are just kinda of cutting that off. It's cause a lot of people and this is like a bigger topic going to a later time, but I think like Fortnite really really changed a lot of like it accelerated a lot of these trends that we're seeing yeah where uh-huh. it's it just this game that came out it, it definitely like accelerated free-to-play format i think it accelerated you know just people just wanting to play multiplayer only
1: and microtransactions uh, is microtran- another one.
0: microtransactions that it definitely accelerated that one because that was already kind of starting it was a mobile thing games, though yeah it was a mobile thing like well there were some call of duty games that were doing it Mm -hmm. Beforehand, like any game that had loot boxes, there was a lot of games that had loot boxes and stuff Uh, like that before. Before there was
2: bringing me back to the Overwatch days of endless loot crates. Oh no, no! Let me throw it even further back to the CS:GO days of buying,
0: yeah, so
2: many keys. Yeah, (laughs) the Counter
0: Counter Strike was definitely one of the first to really kind of do the loot box nobody thing, had really thought but... anything of it with counter-strike
1: though like you just kind of no. did it no other games really like were like oh man they're making valves making so much money off of that let's do that yeah. No,
0: they nobody was really like thinking about it it was just kind of yeah. there not really yeah. until like the not until like the gambling started happening oh, is really when, oh, is when counted. that's when it came that's when it changed in counter-strike when oh yeah happened
2: and all those lawsuits and everything that was uh, i could talk
0: about that for hours we don't oh, want to go so into
2: that <laughs>
1: we do not want to go into that not right now at least
2: uh, but i guess going off of uh, what jack was saying with just like multiplayer games and and such even looking through the the game awards and the nominees and the winners a good chunk of the nominees and the winners are all multiplayer games like just looking through the list like the best family game, multiplayer game. Best sim strategy game, multiplayer. Best eSports game, multiplayer. You know, best innovation, multiplayer. Like, it's so many of these. Community, ongoing games, all multiplayer. So,
1: so do you think that there should be a, a category specifically for story games now? Or, I guess, campaign-oriented wow. games? Since the, like, the multiplayer is kind of just taking over everything.
2: I'm wondering if there would be a way to separate it, because, like, they're vastly different. And also, too, what you consider or, or categorize as multiplayer. Like, obviously, any game that allows you to play with multiple people would be a multiplayer game. Right. But I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like back in the day when I would be buying like a new PS3 game and on the back of the box it would say like the little picture with one person on it. Yeah. I'd be like, what the heck? I can't play with my friends mm-hmm. at all, even as an option. And now that's just not a thing. Like that's always an option. So
1: some games, even though they're single player or story based, or maybe, you know, there's a game mode where it's just single player, if you don't have like an online connection, or an online account or whatever you can't even play that
2: that too like do you remember the days of when um anytime you got a battlefield game you had to specifically make sure you i don't know if you played battlefield on console as much but you had to specifically have the ea code that came in the box for Mm. the online access and if yeah, you got if you got the game used, the code would have yeah. already been used up <laughs> yeah. so you couldn't get online access. You
0: had to buy a code from General.
2: Yep. I just always remember telling my dad, I was like, you can't get the used ones of these games or I'm not able to play online.
0: Yeah, yeah Battlefield 3 was definitely one of those like mm-hmm. last kinds of games where they had multiplayer and campaign on separate discs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's like one of the last games where they had that kind of thing. I think Halo 4 may have had the same thing actually. I think Halo 4 might have actually had, did, I had it on separate discs. I don't remember.
1: I think it did. I think it was a true disc I think game. it
0: did because I remember because I got the limited edition one, so I, got like, I had, like, the fancy box and everything like that, and it had, like, a disc on either side.
1: Yeah, and I had, I like, a there. metal
0: case and everything for Halo 4.
2: Oh, spicy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I was not, really I looking mean, forward would, to that one. I went, I went <laughs> all out on Halo games. Yeah. I, I
0: would, I would get the limited edition everything for those.
1: Speaking of that, I just finished the campaign yesterday i think it was oh love it i love it i was into that it gave me this feeling of if you if you really get into story games i really like let myself get involved into story games and it had this end game feeling you know like when you're playing a game and the story's building up and it's starting to reach that climax and you're just like you're ready for it you're like ready for whatever major drop is about to hit you it to me it had that feeling all the way through the game and I was just loving every second of it. I loved it. I want more. Say, so let
0: it open for more. They—they they no did spo- yeah. no, no no spoilers, but they d do- it, It's—it's like it's just blatantly obvious that there's like there's there's so many like un like untold pieces. hmm Where it's just kind of like gonna have to keep playing. Give me more. Give me DLCs, please. Three, four, three. <laughs> i'll just
1: throw I mean, my wallet we're getting
0: <laughs> we're getting uh i think i think uh co-op campaigns to come out in the next month i think they're i think, adding it's, like, co-op to I think it. it's at season two whenever that drops i think uh no, no they're gonna do it before season oh, two really? season, season, season two's not coming out till may <laughs> if you looked at it the the season at least the pass or whatever if you look at mean, the battle with- pass it, it, it it's supposed to go until may how slow you level that thing it better be May. yeah but yeah because i guess uh 343 said that they were p- the plan was for seasons to last anywhere from uh three to six months because you know this game's supposed to last until the next the next halo game however many years that's going to be so i mean at least they're trying to like they're trying to roadmap it versus like rockstar with gta they're just it's like, just like oh hey here, 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 here's dr dre have fun with that <laughs> for a couple months like here's a here's a satellite that shoots a cannon out of it blow somebody up
2: like try to place your bets do you think we'll get a skyrim or we're gonna get another gta
0: gta Uh, will come out before (laughs) yeah even i think skyrim was skyrim's scheduled for 2023 or 2024. is it really i I know they i mean they said they're making it. Is it it. just
2: another remaster is it another skyrim
1: yeah is it another (laughs) like
0: remastered skyrim or is it another elder scroll it's another elder scroll oh okay like like they said like what was it like two years two years ago or something like that they said they were making it they didn't put any date on it but they said they were making it
1: don't crucify me here but uh it's supposed um, to come
0: out after like starfield or whatever
1: i've never finished skyrim
0: i mean i mean it's hard to it's hard to finish yeah it's hard to just i finished main story because i was like i was so because i was back in high school i was so tunneled like i didn't like i didn't really know what else so i just went to the next thing as it told me to i wouldn't really pay attention to side quests and i just like apparently i just went through and beat the main story like really under leveled Mm -hmm. because i would just you know i i I'm really good at just finding those little in games like that. I'm just good at finding these little cheese spots where I can just stand in this spot and just shoot them with arrows over and over again and not take any damage from them. Nah, the classic so
1: stealth ju- archer approach, elf. Stealth so I archer. would just like
0: <laughs> yeah. So I would just do that stuff and I beat it like that. And then I went through later on and did like all the DLC stuff. But the DLC stuff and all the other side stuff, I think, is really what makes that game. And that's mm-hmm. what makes like those kinds of games. That and the bugs. That and the bugs. Elder Scrolls games and their bugs are hilarious. Uh,
2: that's good old Bethesda for you. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> if it doesn't I mean, they, come out as a buggy mess, it's not Bethesda.
2: No, exactly. But that yeah. it's kind of part of their charm, so I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fine when it's like story games, like story, like like in like single player games, like bugs mm. are fine. But like whenever ah. you try to do something, whenever you try to do a multiplayer game, a Fallout seventy six. Oh, yeah.
3: uh, I of uh, the Fallout it,
0: games. It just it's just gonna get bad reception. But...
2: i was just specifically thinking of the part in new vegas with the one guy and his head just like spins all the way around <laughs> have you seen that one the one bug oh, oh, oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> That's there's like a meme I was template thinking, i think of. out of that yep <laughs> it's so good
1: what else was in the Game Awards? I'll be honest, this year I didn't really. I mean, the last few years, I'll be honest, I haven't really cared about it. That I'm telling you, that 2017 year, I, it burned me.
0: It burned it, it, me. It was like your boxing <laughs> moment. You're like, this shit's rigged. Sorry. Yeah, literally, no.
1: because God of War won that year over Red Dead of Game of the Year. I was like, nah, it's stupid. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah. I really. I'm not uh, even joking. I have not, and it's not because of that. I just, I don't know. I haven't really been drawn to the Game Awards really too much
0: yeah i mean some of the stuff this year wasn't anything super crazy i think the only real like controversy or drama from this year really came from like the things of like content creator of the year and like you know like the the esports ones you know Mm -hmm. like even though there was the whole thing of like how uh the the counter-strike player simple won uh esports player of the year in my opinion uh, and, like, rightfully and they, so like, that
1: man is a he's from another planet
0: yeah <laughs> he is but, like, insane appar- yeah apparently they like either the esports awards or not as sincere. his org like really doctored his acceptance uh video uh to dude. where like it like it, he like he like went and tweeted out like his own version like the version that, that like he sent them and it was like a way longer version and for some reason they just like doctored it like crazy did they
1: doctor because i mean he the... doesn't speak english very well so. yeah
0: it was in it was in uh it was in ukrainian oh okay and it was translated i, was gonna but say, but, uh, I can
2: tell but... by his name is yeah. like actual yeah name. his
0: actual name good luck
2: don't <laughs> make me say that
0: yeah but uh, i mean that one was definitely the good one there was a lot of good there's a lot of good uh names in that list though i could mm-hmm. i could you can make argument for any one of those can we get rid uh, of best
1: esports game because like let's be honest if league doesn't win it every single year like it, it's just no competition.
2: I agree. Honestly, I feel like league is is going to win tenfold depending on the year. I would say Counter-Strike definitely Oh, close yeah.
1: second for sure. Closest yeah. at least. Close second. Well, the
2: second, I would say um COD has definitely had its years where it's definitely been more in the focal point.
1: I think it's best years are behind it, but that's a story for another I time. I
2: agree, I agree, I do, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, honestly, League, it's just hard to compete with them. It is. It's, it yeah. really is. No. And now that they're adding Valorant in and such, like, Valorant is a, a hard competitor to Overwatch and Counter-Strike 2, so it's tough. Mm. But... Yeah.
0: I think the only argument I can give CS was CS was the only one to have their major tournament uh in front of a live crowd this year that year. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the I the did. Worlds was uh Worlds was in Iceland as well as Valorant Masters. They're both in Iceland uh to no crowd. The International for Dota was also uh to no crowd. Okay. So that that was the only thing I would say about CS. uh But I think all those tournaments are really. Really good all around. I watched, I pretty much I watched all of those. I watched only, I only watched the final for Dota, just because I'm not really big into Dota. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not I definitely either. didn't watch PUBG Mobile. I don't. Know. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a mobile thing for PUBG. I, I, th- I thought there was just like PC PUBG. Let me let me take let me give the
1: hot take of the the episode. Mobile gaming, not real gaming, man. I don't care. I mean, dude, these people that play these, uh, you know, Rocket League Mobile or whatever, I can play competitive Candy Crush. Yeah, like, but they (laughs) they they like emulate it. They use keyboard and mouse or controllers. They don't even use their phone.
0: No,
2: what's the point then? That's what what I'm saying. Yeah, you bringing up PUBG Mobile is like I I still play regular PUBG from time to time. And it is so filled with bots now because they don't have enough people to play the game. You gotta VPN filled the to China, man. And it's even worse on mobile. Like the times I did play PUBG Mobile, my bot, my lobby was more bots than actual people. So the fact that they had an actual <laughs> event yeah. for this and they had enough people show up, the
0: the amount of mobile lands and mobile tournaments was in was just crazy because there's PUBG, there was call of duty mobile which actually had like tournaments and championships this year and there's there's like tournaments for wild rift and there's orgs that have signed wild rift teams
1: wild rift is the only one that makes all having league teams too i'll be honest wild rift actually makes a lot of sense to me i feel like a moba even if it's mobile I, I think there's an environment for it. I'll be honest. That one, that one you'll get me on the mobile gaming, real gaming. That one you'll get me on. I think
0: that one could be I classified. I see that.
2: I think first person shooters on a phone is like just drastically a yeah. different realm.
0: I'm just saying if we can have PUBG, if we can have a mobile PUBG be an esport, we can have Mario Party be an esport. Song, yeah, let's oh, go. Nintendo, get on it.
3: it.
0: <laughs> That's
2: all. Uh, Nintendo right. don't wanna to have to uh break out like stop riots in the middle of things because somebody screwed somebody else over and stole their star.
0: Imagine the crowd going wild when someone just pulls a star random star out of a chest. Just You're like,
2: What? How? Every- what is happening?
0: Everyone just loses their mind. <sighs> okay. I definitely want to touch up on this one because there was an award for most anticipated game which mm-hmm. uh, the winner of this one was Elden Ring. And also in this list was God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, which is the Horizon Zero Dawn. sequel, yep. I believe. Yeah. And then we mm-hmm. have the uh, the sequel for Zelda Breath of the Wild and then Starfield from Bethesda Horizon. That's mine.
2: But yeah, it's Sam, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I just know I've been seeing a lot of ads for Elden Ring recently. I think it's because it's probably I think it's going to be the one that comes out first. Out of all of those, I think it's supposed to come out sometime uh, early this year. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked too much into the other ones. I haven't played a Zelda game in God knows how long, so I don't I know. liked
2: Breath of the Wild, but maybe this is a hot take because I, I, I love Zelda, but I'm not like a huge Zelda fan, that they're taking the, the gameplay style and putting it into Pokemon with this new Arceus game coming out. And I'll be honest, I had so much hope for Breath of the Wild because I was like, oh, I love the play style of it, the open world, all of this, like how beautiful it is. And then they're like, ooh, Arceus. And I was like, I forgot about Legend of Zelda. I want, <laughs> I want Pokemon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've ar- I, agree- I pre-ordered mine today.
2: Like they took Zelda's format and it was like, oh, we're just making a Pokemon game.
0: I mean, to be fair, that's what, like, I mean, I just started getting into Pokemon games over the last year again. Mm-hmm. But like, that was something i think that pokemon fans have wanted for so long oh, they has. they just they just wanted a, they wanted an open world game and then like even though it's from what i've looked at it's it's still kind of limited but it's already gives like way more than you probably would, would like ever expect mm-hmm. like you can just walk up to a pokemon and just throw a pokeball at it and catch it like you don't even have to like go to a different screen or anything like that it's just, just walk up yeah. and battle something
1: open world like, that's the future of games we're seeing games that have never been who have been only linear
0: branch out down, i'm, I'm then, down with more sandbox yeah games i'm down with more sandbox games Bro. that's why i like the new halo so much yeah just because of that it, it made it, made so, it feel much so much more better. To do yeah I, like, went through, and I, I, I didn't get all of them, but I almost went and got through all the audio logs. I almost went and got all of those. I almost got all the collectibles. Yeah, Self-teal that's what I'm going to start, Yeah,
1: I got to start doing that now that I've finished the story. But, like, there's so much. And I got to play it on Legendary. I played it on Heroic first because I feel like it's challenging for me, but it's not so difficult that it takes me out of the story because I die so much, you know what I mean? Like, Heroic, <laughs> yeah. I don't die that much, and I get to be challenged in the gameplay, and I get to take in the story at a good pace so they always hide stuff on legendary so i gotta play through it on legendary
0: yeah i was probably gonna wait till it like got came out on co-op because you know i need someone to carry me through legendary <laughs> i got so. you but i'm definitely not doing lasso though i did lasso on reach and i'm i've had I to want never a lasso, it
1: again. i want to lasso infinite i think that one would be a great one to lasso
0: yeah maybe because I guess there's there's a lot a lot better options for you. You can attack the way the, the, the story's differently. Like yeah.
1: obviously some of the story part is linear, but like in the open world aspect, you can approach anything with a different strategy every
3: single time. Hmm. I'm trying and to can like, talk see Halo it. all day. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, God, and I know that you guys talk about the Horizon game. I know I haven't played the first one, but. I know that there, was of, there was a lot of.
2: I've just watched playthroughs yeah. of it. It's just beautiful looking. Yeah,
0: I know there. Whenever they first like did like reveal trailers, weren't there some people that were kind of hesitant because they they like changed some looks of some stuff, like from the first one. I can't remember. Like I think they, like they changed the way some characters looked and stuff like that, and people were kind of like.
2: Mm, people, I, don't like really think. I don't think I read anything so specific. So.
0: I don't, I don't read per- up about games I'm going to play. Know. Yeah. I All just right. know that, yeah. I couldn't see anything very negative being about this stuff, because, like, it's a, it's like a PlayStation game, and those, like, those are some ride-or-die fans. Speaking of games, nice
1: uh, to kind of switch it up a little bit, I guess, uh, a game that I'm not seeing anybody talk about is Hellblade 2. mm sanua's sacrifice is the first one, that one and that one was fantastic All right, yeah i do Super remember the first good. and it was like really popular or at least i think it was i thought it was and uh, i remember xbox announced it i don't even remember where maybe it was like an e3 or something that they they showed it they just kind of dropped the trailer you know no announcement nothing and i no. was like wait that's Sunua you know i was like nerding out i was like wow that's so sick it was just a cinematic trailer i haven't heard anything or anybody talking about it since it's still coming out this year but i haven't heard anything or nobody's talking about it nothing i'm like is this yeah. gonna just drop on our face one day
0: yeah holiday 2022 is the expected release day i feel like we're probably not gonna yeah we're probably not gonna see anything about it until we'll probably see more d3 this year that'll probably I be so. when we see some more for it but like yeah i remember that was i remember seeing that game the first game quite a bit but i think it was one of those games where like it didn't just blow up, so it just kind of just. It was so good. The combat in that bad, game is
1: fantastic,
0: like... and the story also yeah. fantastic. I mean, I mean, one game that I forgot about, I know, as mentioned earlier, was uh, was Dying Light. Like I, mm-hmm. I had forgotten that that game was even coming out because I think it did, hasn't it been delayed multiple times? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like they I, are I just forgot that it was going to exist. Of... I mean. I've still been anticipating a Dead Island 2. Yeah, uh,
3: <laughs> we yeah.
2: haven't. And ironically, the, the Dying Light 2 trailer that they showed at the Game Awards is oddly similar to the Dead Island 2 trailer that they showed at, I think it was E3, however many years ago, when they actually said they were making that yeah, game. Yeah,
1: it's been several years, yeah.
2: But they are, ironically very, very similar, and a lot of people even pointed it out that it was like, okay, is it the give same us dev something. Team or... It's the same dev team, yes. Ah, okay. the same, it's the same people that make both, but people were like, okay, because this is so similar, does that mean we're just never getting a Dead Island? <laughs> Should we just give up on this, this dream?
1: You sound like every zombie fan out there. Everybody, Every oh, zombie man. fan wants I... a Dead Island too.
2: I love that first game. I played it a disgusting amount of times, and then Riptide was just, like, yeah,
3: that yeah. Was
2: garbage. <laughs> and I really liked Dying Light. It didn't give me the same feeling of, well, it was the same, like, idea, like, you know, zombies. You're d- protecting a town, and you're recruiting people in and, and such. Same sort of premise. But it didn't give me the same, like, draw that Dead Island did, where I was just like, I love these characters, I love this game. See, I think so... we're in the
1: minority on that, because Dying Light, I feel like so many people see like, It's the see opposite. That. They're like, this is the greatest zombie game that mm-hmm. has ever existed. But I'm like, yeah, it's good, and I enjoyed my time with it but i enjoyed my time with it back what like six seven years ago when it came out like it was cool then
2: yeah i played it once and yeah. i was done with it yeah
1: exactly that's how i was i was like wow that was cool
2: i mean i played <laughs> Dead island like five or six times at least But yeah. that game i would finish it and then i'd be like mm, maybe i just play it again
1: yeah let me just uh new game plus okay
2: yeah. i don't know
0: <laughs> Do you guys think that's due to, like, the, like, individual, like, just the games or the series themselves? Because I don't know if it's that or if it speaks to, like, the zombie genre as a whole. Like, I'm wondering if, like, that zo- genre in general, at least in gaming, is just, like, plateaued. And, Dude, like it's, it's funny not, you say that. It's just not really gone off anymore
1: because I'm not even going to reference the, the previous games that we've been talking about, like Resident Evil or Dying Light or Dead Island or any of that. Uh, Project Zomboid, I think, is going to re-spark oh my goodness, the zombie genre game? again. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I have been playing it for a little while now, and it's starting mm-hmm. to blow up. And uh, I, I think Indie Game of the Year next year, I think probably going to go to Zomboid, I'll be honest. And I think okay. it's going to re-spark the open-world zombie. So I don't think there's a better open-world zombie multiplayer game than that one right now.
2: I was going to say, and zombies too, just this year alone we got Back for Blood. Yeah. Which was like their attempt at revamping Left for Dead. Turtle which... Rock
1: Studio. Turtles? Turtle uh, Rock? Yeah. Turtle Rock. Th-
2: yeah, which um, I don't know if you guys like kept up with the stats on it at all, but within the first month of Back for Blood being out, it had already dropped in viewers on Twitch so far that Left 4 Dead 2 was getting more viewers than Back 4 Blood by the end of the first month of its release. I
1: played the beta, and I had a great time with it.
2: Yeah, I liked it too. I I played the beta, and then I actually, I I had a partnership with Back 4 Blood, well, with Warner Brothers, and I got to play the game a week before everybody else. And I really enjoyed it before everyone hopped on the bandwagon yeah. and then i felt like once everyone hopped on within like a week or two everyone was already over it and they were like all right we're done move on
1: what do you, do you think it's lack of content or what because i still haven't bought it personally because i don't think it's worth 60 dollars. i would pay 40 for it for sure but I,
2: you know yeah, i maybe not my right to say because i did have a sponsored thing but, that's but fair. That's fair. Um, I can't necessarily comment on, like, <laughs> how much I would pay for it. But I would say they tried to make the replayability of it more so than Left for Dead by putting in, like, these cards. The which card I thought element, was a great idea. Which I think is a good idea. However, the more I played the game, it seemed like the cards were more of a nuisance than fun. I felt like they kept adding more cards that just made the game harder, but not harder in an enjoyable way. Harder in a way where it's like, are you kidding me? It's like, oh, great. Now this part's going to suck. Exactly. So the element of, like, replaying because you enjoy it kind of got taken out, at least for me personally. So after I beat the game, I was kind of like, eh. Like, I don't see myself going back and playing this again with friends like I did with Left 4 Dead. So, I think they might have missed the mark on in that regard.
0: But mods, mod support. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. I think (laughs) do it, do it. I think I think it's kind of like it's kind of fell into that realm that Skyrim has, where it's like it's going to be hard to make a new game that's going to meet like the previous one because the previous one has the advantage of having mod support because it eventually gets mod support. And then like the just the hilarious and like the crazy things people have done with Left 4 Dead as far as the mod communities concern like you can literally to a- to ask back for blood to do something like that that quickly yeah it'd be like a tall order. task to ask for mm-hmm.
1: but i mean it's a passionate dev team so i'd expect some some good things to come from them
2: yeah exactly
0: I'm trying to see like they they really did split up the different kinds of games here as far mm-hmm. as like game awards there's like a there's vr game there's fighting game there's family games
1: you know you're going through the list and and i've got it up here as well and i
0: find it funny
1: because i enjoy my sports games it's kind of like my my little like if i'm just not doing anything or i've got some downtime i play my sports games right and i find Uh it funny that the list that they have there um best sports slash racing game forza horizon took it obviously like that's one of the top sports games out there fifa is on there formula one's on there uh, you don't see, you know, Madden's not on there. No, no. Next up, they got Hot Wheels Unleashed.
3: Oh,
0: my God. I've seen God. a lot of people playing really? that game,
3: though.
0: <laughs> I've seen a lot of people play that game, though. Like, you have a
1: Hot Wheels game as a best sports category. <laughs> nice. That's how you know you've messed up when you've got a AAA title, you know, for the last 25 years like Madden, and it gets outdone by Hot Wheels.
0: Nice. <laughs>
2: That's just yeah. That's um, <laughs> surprising for sure.
0: I mean, I'm not surprised that, e- that FIFA's up ahead of Madden and anything. I think it's got great Cause, presentation because it's the it's the only it's the only good like, at least I think it's their most supported sports game at this point. I think EA even knows that FIFA's the best thing they have.
1: And they don't even have it anymore. Yeah.
0: EA and FIFA split this year.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. That's like a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty big, yeah. Cuz EA has had FIFA on lock for uh well over a decade, I think.
2: Mhm.
1: Could be even more. And now that John Madden passed away, uh F in chat for him,
0: uh Madden could be on its yeah, way out the, from EA. How long are they going to use his uh, yeah. name and likeness in it? But
2: I yeah. mean, I could see that, you know, it's something he would be, like, in infamy. So I don't necessarily see them changing the name.
3: Yeah. Because,
2: mm. like, that, I mean, totally different genre and, and area. But, like, Stan Lee passed away, last, like, two years ago. But you don't ever, like, I would never see his name being removed from anything going forward in that genre. Because it's, like, he is the king of superheroes. Tom so, Clancy, like, same way exactly you know, so Six i don't games, see that all name that stuff. like changing over time Sorry.
1: yeah it would feel weird being somebody who's played madden since like 98 you know it'd be weird uh-huh. playing a football game that is th- like the same dev team that's been making it and they just call it something different i it would feel weird
2: I feel like that would also probably hurt their sales because anybody who you hear Madden, even if you're not a football person or a video game person, you hear Madden, you know what it is.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So if they change the name, but it's still supposed to be Madden, I feel like people would be like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They hear the name and they're like, wait, what is what am I playing? What am I buying? Oh, still it's a football guy on the front. OK, <laughs> I was going to yep. say that's kind of like, I guess, coming full circle to what we were talking about before with like eSports how certain people are leaving certain teams that they were so well known for and certain leagues like changing over time from having certain people or certain coaches or whatever it's like drastically changing the faces behind these companies and these names I feel like we're going into a new era of, of such
1: and we, we've we been in gaming long long enough now, and I feel like esports, you mentioned esports, it has been around for several years now that for those of us that have been here, like when it kind of started, and I mean esports has started, it's been around for nearly 20 years now at this point, just mm-hmm. in recent years it's blown up. But we're starting to see some of the people that, you know, were the pioneers of it are retiring or they're leaving their staple orgs or whatever. So it's weird to just see these teams because it's like you associate, you know, maybe, you know, a Cloud9 League of Legends, you you know, sneaky. You know, those two go hand in hand yep. with each other. And it's like, <laughs> that's not a thing anymore. It's just, it's weird. And I don't know how to feel about it.
2: I, I agree. And I feel like it's changing how i consume that content i guess yeah like i'm not watching as much league i stopped watching counter-strike a while ago when they changed like changed up a lot of my favorite players from teams they were on and such like where it kind of we've gotten to a point where people don't necessarily always follow teams but they just follow people and the people are associated with who they then choose to support. And when you keep shifting it so much, it's like ah, like I don't I don't know how I stand anymore, or how to feel.
1: I need longer contracts in esports. Yes. I need it to feel like sports, <laughs> man. I need you to sign somebody for 8 years. Yeah, Please stop swap
2: <laughs> like, yeah, what is this this musical chairs with different teams?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh just because i have spent a lot of time like like reading and like you know listening to like you know experts in the in that area talk about that stuff and it's a mix that kind of stuff tends to be a mix of the orgs and sometimes the players mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where like esports is can be very like it can be very click based like there can be like some like you know like players that get along and like they're on different teams and they want to play together so they'll just you know force their way out of contracts or like you know they'll try to They'll just do short contracts and they can play with uh, so they can play with other people and stuff like that. I know League's been like League's like a big thing about that. Like uh-huh. that's the whole reason that whole reason that Jensen left Cloud9 for like, like a League example. He went to Cloud9, went to Team Liquid because he he wanted to play. uh, He wanted to play with uh, the people that were going to be going to Team Liquid at that time. Like he wanted he wanted to play with Doublelift. You know, like, and he wanted to play with other people. Maybe it's because like they have shorter careers. Like, you know, like comparing it yeah. yeah. to regular
1: sports. Like, you're not in the professional Which... scene for as long.
2: No, yeah. your your lifespan in there is like you come in when you're like seventeen, eighteen, and you retire by the time you're like thirty. Yeah. If you make it to thirty, yeah. So these people be retiring long before they're even making it to thirty. So to think that, that's also just like a wild thought yeah. that you're retiring at. 30 years old and professional like,
1: sports players they're going longer now you're seeing guys nearly hitting 50 and still playing professional oh, sports especially
2: football like yeah. that is mind-boggling to me because of how much that weighs on your body over time but now seeing these vast changes are interesting especially you know everything that's been coming out with csgo lately it's just you know, it's, yeah it's yeah heck you been... valerie <laughs> Been making me think about a lot of stuff going
0: on. Yeah, a lot, a lot of changes going on in those places. CS going through a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. The the hot button one lately has been that ESL. They're the biggest uh, tournament organizer yeah. for Counter Strike. Uh, they uh, recently announced a roadmap for their first ever uh, women's only CSGO circuit. It's going to start in uh, with online events in January, and then also it's going to be having LAN events at uh various at various locations throughout the world. Isn't it like uh, five hundred thousand is yeah five hundred thousand dollar prize pool. Yeah, uh, and it looks like there's going to be it's going to it's, the way it looks, it's going to be uh eight teams from European countries and North American. Uh, first place gets so let's say first place gets one hundred fifty thousand. Looks like. Uh, so it's kind of reignited that uh one of the classic uh debates and the classic topics that comes up, especially in the esports space, and that is the uh the involvement of women in esports, which yeah. uh. You know, there it's definitely a hot button topic for obvious reasons, because, you don't you don't want to wade into, especially if you try to do stuff on Twitter. But like, you know, <laughs> little thing I learned, never try to talk about these things on Twitter yeah. because no. there's no way you can reiterate your point well enough. And there are some people that just don't really care what your uh, detailed opinion is on things. If they see you say anything around the wrong, the wrong end of things, they will just come at you. Yep. It's so. and all.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say Twitter is the fastest place to get cancelled, so if you're looking to get canceled, just put your thoughts out there. But um, specifically what you're saying with like the whole women's pro circuit and everything, I like the idea of it opposed to being you know a woman in this industry where women are not always taken seriously and they're not always seen as professionals in comparison to males. I like the idea of creating this, but at least from my perspective. I don't feel like it's necessarily like solving the problem that we have. Because the problem is like being compared to men, you're not being taken seriously. or not seen as the same level as them. But by making a circuit that's only women, you're, rather than eliminating that, like, hey, we're not seen as the same level, you're like, oh, we'll just eliminate the men completely. So I feel like I can see why people will have differing opinions on this, because it's a very different approach that we haven't really seen yet. Because, like specifically, even like not even just CS:GO, but when you think of like uh, League of Legends and stuff, we haven't really had women in that sphere either. One of the only women that I can think of was actually uh, a transgendered woman, so. We haven't had that representation in that realm, at least in terms of the pro players. So I got the idea of them trying to come up with this league, and I like that idea because it's definitely giving women like uh, a footing to stand on to actually show their their skill and their worth in this industry. But the differing opinions coming out are interesting, mm-hmm. and I yeah. understand mm-hmm. them. And I don't know if going to Twitter. Um, to express your opinions where you can't fully explain them as if you were just, you know, talking to someone is the route to go.
1: At Thorin, for anybody <laughs> wondering.
2: Specifically, yeah. That was um, that was just... Was that last week or just a couple of days ago? I feel like that wasn't even that long ago. That it's, that...
0: it's kind of spanned over... Uh, well, over that he...
2: Yeah, it was definitely... I so saw it spanned over week. multiple days. Yeah, the past, like, a week. Yeah. Which,
3: yeah. if
2: your Twitter conversations go over a week, that yeah. should be... I don't know who was on his PR team, but they clearly were not paying attention <laughs> to be like, hey, maybe you should stop.
1: Well, Jack <laughs> knows. Uh, and me and him have talked about this a, a few times since, you know, this whole blow-up has happened. Um, if you know Thorin that's thorin he that is this is nothing new to to people Mm -hmm. that know who he is um it's just another this is the one that's caught the most traction that he's had and of course cancel culture is as big as it's ever been so of course Mm -hmm. things are gonna gain more traction the as the years go by he does this crap all the time he has the hottest takes and sometimes they make zero sense and it's like you're an idiot shut up and (laughs) go do your oh i'm esports or whatever you know what i mean like go do your thing but, I mean, are you gonna agree with him or disagree with him. He doesn't care either way. He's getting his yeah. engagements, his name's out there. That's all he cares about.
2: And that also makes me question, too, some of these people that specifically tweet or whatever about these hot takes, are you doing it because you genuinely believe this and you want people to know your opinion? Or are you doing this because you know... That there will be differing opinions, and people will then retweet and repost Mm -hmm. and write articles, and now your name is plastered all over the internet, and any publicity is good publicity. Sometimes.
1: And and it's funny you bring that up because it makes me. I think that same way. It's like, are you just clout chasing, or is this for real? And you'll never know that. But then I also think I'm like, it doesn't. It takes, you know. Uh, maybe 10 minutes of google research on thorin to see that he's not the sharpest you know cookie in the cookie jar you know what i mean he's really not and these people will like they're taking the bait and it's like okay well are you taking the bait because you are genuinely upset and you want your opinions to be known or are you just latching on to this thing that you know is going to blow up and you're trying to be the number one like,
0: uh, argument for it. Trying you know to be I mean? on the right, you're yes. trying to grandstand. It's like,
1: are you trying to exactly. be exactly? Are you also cloud chasing by, by like taking the clear bait that he is throwing out there? It makes me think the same thing oh. about the people that are responding to it because it's like, I see these people responding to him and they're like, oh, you know, whatever you know, stance that they're taking on it. And I'm like, you're an idiot too because,
2: yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, Why are you feeding
1: You're into literally us? doing what he wants you to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, OK, as someone as full disclosure, I'm somebody who's watched a lot of Thorin's uh, content. I've consumed a lot of his content over the years. Uh, if if you want to actually know more about what he actually thinks about things, is YouTube's the best place because that's where he makes these longer in-depth videos where he talks about it. He's done multiple videos on women in esports and very good ones that I'd recommend. Uh, but well, if you...
2: not to interject, but wasn't he like because i didn't know much about i knew the name but i didn't know much about him and i did like my google you know due diligence before (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) before putting my opinions forward but it seemed like he was genuinely in support of women in esports and Mm -hmm. women having you know a place in this this industry and having a spot to compete and to you know play these games and such so
0: yeah the uh, the biggest thing was the most recent uh, CSGO Major, there was the whole drama of like how there wasn't any women on the talent lineup. And one thing that he made out very clear at the time, because he doesn't care, he's very... He'll criticize anyone even if he's working for them. He basically said that they had given recommendation lists and there was a lot of women on the list of, of for talent. And the organizer just didn't hire any of them. So it's like... I don't know, to to take thorn seriously on twitter is just very very foolish yeah because he views social media as a game he doesn't like and he's good at it litera- if somebody literally if you if you take the st- the you know you take the sense i am esports if you take that seriously there's there's not You're much you can do to help enough. you yeah there's I nothing get, i can do yeah. to help you like like it's obvious he knows that he's not esports he's he's not that short-sighted he's just he has this 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 basically twitter persona of like he's just gonna be this abrasive guy that's just gonna you know he's not gonna take any shit from anyone and he's just gonna say he's gonna make these jokes he's gonna say what he's gonna say and you know the people that fall for it he's just gonna put them on blast like a lot of the people that have tried to Uh grandstand he's gone through recently And he's posted some receipts. I don't know how the heck he managed to go and get all this, but he managed to find receipts on people who, like, made all these grandstanding things. He managed to find receipts of people saying, like, you know, sexist stuff in their past because people don't delete their tweets from 2011, stuff like that. So he's managed to go and find all that stuff. and. I don't know. The whole Thorn topic, I just it just blows my mind when I see some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Same. like you, you like you just can't like these people just assuming this stuff about him and just like very like regardless of what people say on Twitter, like until you sit down and like actually like are around someone and talk to someone, like you're not gonna really know much of who they are. Yeah. And it's just really weird to me.
2: And I was gonna say, it's such a controversial topic as well overall. Oh, yeah. that I feel like a lot of people are also nervous to even discuss the topic. Even if you are on whatever the, you know, quote unquote right side of the argument is, you are still gonna be wrong in somebody's eyes.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's one thing even you learn in this talking business.
2: on the topic at all. Like there are some things, even if I feel like more people are, are agreeing with me in a certain stance. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to post. I'm not going to say anything. Because if if I do, there's always going to be someone that disagrees with me. And that's anytime you're going to talk on any of these topics, y- you kind of have to take the approach he took in the sense of, like, I don't care who agrees or disagrees. This is my thoughts. I'm just putting them out there. Yeah. Did he go a little too far with it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Way too yeah, far. Definitely. But I, I get him being like, you know what? I'm at a bit about my opinion. Here I'm just gonna word vomit it, and yeah, now we're seeing uh the aftermath of that.
1: Um, it resulted in a lot of blocked accounts.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. so many deleted tweets, that, blocked accounts. Uh,
0: that's uh that's uh, a <laughs> blocked accounts. That's a topic, <laughs> that's uh, separate. I could go on and oh, on yeah. about that. Oh I know that. The yeah. uh, the concept of like if you block someone on Twitter, you're just you're just echo chambering. <laughs> you're you're a uh, you know. You're a pussy for blocking people. I'm like Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry. I don't want to read I tw- I don't want to read tweets of people telling me to kill myself. I'm just like I don't want to read that. Like no. so I'm just going to block that person. But I don't know. To get to steer it more back on the topic. The league as an idea, I like it, but the main question I have is is this the end goal? Like like well, I want to know what the end goal of this is. Like is this going to lead into like women possibly going into men's rosters because there's no rule with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like the biggest thing that I've always said and like this is actually something that thorn said in one of his videos but I've always thought of it as well. Esports just has this grand opportunity that no uh, like think of any other sport, any other competition thing that you can think of in the world. None are there's just there's there's always some sort of there's always some sort of barrier outside of like, you know, like the this the straight sex barrier between men and women. Uh-huh. Esports has this thing where like there's no like necessary like there's no physical limitations or you know skill limitations like a women women can be just as good at video games as men so like is i don't know is like is the goal of this to like someday like have you know women who like excel in this league maybe make it on a roster and be on rosters with men in other divisions or is like is this just going to be it like is this going to be where female cs players aspire to get to and this is like the peak Because, like, do we really do we we want to limit do we want to limit ourselves like this? Do you really want to have like a do you want to have like an NBA WNBA situation or do you want to have do you want to or is the goal to try to have mixed rosters at some point? Because I feel like if you really sat some people down, there's not a lot of like pro like like male, like, you know, esports players that would be fully would be opposed to having a woman Mm -hmm. on their team. It's just like the only thing that ever comes with is, you know, you have like the. You know, you have like the, the layman's, you know, on Twitter, like just like the PR hit that you would probably get initially where like, you know, the real sexist and misogynist would come yeah, out. It's just like, like oh, how your team with performed a
1: girl? Poorly
0: or something. And it's like, oh, yeah. why do you
1: even have a woman on your team? You know, she's like, not even doing well. You know, yeah, like, like I don't know how what it's going to take. As, really. But Dallas
2: is saying, like, say you do put a woman on your team and then say they they're one of their first showings, they perform poorly, which like men perform poorly all the time but say the woman prefers poorly, then it's gonna be like oh she's only doing bad because she's a woman why did you guys even take this chance blah so it could go down that whole rabbit hole of that and Mm -hmm. to play the other side of this i feel like if you put a woman on the team then you're gonna have that other end of the argument of people praising the team for finally putting a woman on their team taking a chance like actually giving women a foot to stand on. So I like the argument you're bringing, because that's kind of what I was touching on before, where it's like, is this a solution, or is this a workaround? TV. I think it's a workaround. And that's how I'm seeing it, where I like the concept, I like the idea of it, but it it's...
1: Needs to not be permanent.
2: Exactly. If there's a way where this kind of gets women more known, so that these other teams in the pro circuit want to bring them on, that would be awesome. But if it's, as you know, Jack said, how there's like the separation of it, you know, NBA, WNBA, that type of thing. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the best thing, because then they're going to probably bring in the argument of, oh, are they getting as much money in their tournament as men? (laughs) Or are they getting as much exposure as the men are in their league? Or, you know, then there's so many other arguments that come into play. This
1: is definitely going to be a topic for us that we'll be obviously talking about for years and years and years to come, mm-hmm. but uh so like I'm not going to drag the the whole conversation on too much longer for now at least. But I think just my take on it is there women are in the minority in the gaming world. And mm-hmm it's becoming less and less like that just because gaming is expanding and more people are getting involved in it but uh as of right now especially in the competitive scene because i think we're still in the early stages of esports like it's been around for a while but it's not been widely popular for a while and i don't think that there are nearly as many women that are at like a tier one level there are several out there especially in counter-strike i know of several that are tier one caliber uh but nobody it's weird that nobody ever looks at them like organizations don't ever like oh maybe you know she'd be a good fit and i don't know why that is but i don't think that there's enough of them out there at a tier one level to field a full like super competitive team i just don't think that there are enough women that have put in enough time yet give it a few years and i think we can definitely be there but they're going to be kind of like the the best example that i can give is counter-strike like, if you look at, like, the the Indian League, you know, like, there's not a... They're, they're new to the scene, and they're, like, MG skill level, you know? They're tier one teams. They're not really good at all, right? And I feel like that's what we're going to see in these leagues. We're going to see, at best, some tier three teams in there that are going to maybe dominate and roll the scene, but I just don't think that there's enough that are that high of a skill that it... So, you're going to run into the problems. Well, they're not getting paid as much. And then you got to look at the whole picture. Well, are they not getting paid as much because they're women? Or are they not getting paid as much because they're not as good? You know what I'm saying? They're going to have that battle. And I think that's a battle that they're kind of overlooking right now that they're going to have to deal with down the road. It's like we're in a perfect environment for co ed teams. Like maybe we start, you know experimenting with that like it's not that big of a deal man like come on (laughs) there are definitely some women out there that can compete at that tier one level like why aren't we doing Mm -hmm. it why is it taking us this long and now we're starting to come up with these separate leagues like it just seems unnecessary but i get that we have to it's it's not something that can change overnight and uh this could be like you you guys were mentioning earlier maybe this will open up the eyes of a lot of people and it'll broadcast the the talents of the women that are tier one ready already you know you look at them and you go wow she absolutely shredded this entire tournament maybe she's better and suited in you know like the actual events you know like these esl Uh cologne and all that crap katawitza and all that you know maybe they belong on a roster that is competing there and they compete for millions, you know? I I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. I don't like the idea. I like the idea because it could propel them forward, but I don't like the idea that it creates that divide that we're trying to get rid of.
2: I agree completely there.
0: I mean, we'll kind of see where it goes because I mean, this article mentions uh, ESL has talked about uh, possibly including the people that the people that win the circuit uh, for each season. Oh, giving uh, the, them a in, slot? to include them, to include them into the, yeah, to include them into the uh, men's ESL.
2: I guys. like so that. Uh, I tour. like that too. So yeah.
0: if we can do that, maybe like that'll play-in. kind of let it go. Because, yeah, because I think to go off of the skill, like the skill ceiling point that Dallas was making the, I think a lot of the times the way you fix that problem is you have more comp you you play more games against better competition it'll make that's you like better. why I like yeah. that's why I like league teams like go to korea to boot camp you know they go like mm-hmm. they go to like where some of the best players in the world are and they just go and they play games against them and yeah. then they all they always get better I like, I like that i like that the only
1: problem that i have with that is that you're gonna have an all-women team going into the tournament which in the past has not gone well i'm just saying that has not yeah. gone well <laughs>
0: I think it. I mean, like, I don't want to. It feels like it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on like women individually. But uh-huh. like, it's gonna. It. I feel like what's what I think it's gonna take is it's gonna take either like one or like a couple, you know, women individually that would someone finally like takes the dive and takes a chance yep. on them, and I they agree. and they win something. Yep. You know, like they don't even have to be the best player, but they just if they can be a team where with a with at least one woman on it wins like a tier one tournament doesn't have to be a major just win like a tier one tournament there just has to be like an example set because like at least if i'm thinking about like what gets people into like you know uh to like major sports like traditional sports you know like well like a Billie jean king for those people that know tennis like she famously beat you know a male tennis player and you know, it's like got a lot of like women into tennis. You know, like it's a lot of times, it just takes, you know, it takes someone or some people to just be that like, be that, be the first. You know, be yeah, that
2: be that model that everyone can kind of look to. Yeah,
0: Hopefully this that, year, be that, be right that right the goal that, that people can eclipse.
1: Yeah, I want to see that this year. I want to see. Um, and I mean, I watch CS a lot, especially here recently, more than I do league. I mean, I I just want to see it. I think it's about time, man. I think it's about I mean, time that we start seeing yeah. some of these uh, women that are clearly tier one ready get their shot at it, and I just I don't know why it hasn't happened already.
0: Just need a real recognized real moment, you know. Yeah. We <laughs> haven't really had we haven't really we just haven't really had that yet in esports. Even this, though there's been some really good people. Yeah, maybe this tournament will in. do that. Yeah, it's either I think it's either going to be CS or it's going to be Valorant because Valorant's already yep. had like ed teams in some stuff. We just have to wait and see with some of those games
1: i mean but, i'll keep up with the women's pro circuit i know that for a fact i'll keep up with it because i like uh-huh. watching new players come up i like seeing yeah. them make that jump
0: we're getting uh getting into, we're starting to get back into esports season so there's going to be those of you listening that like the esports content we're going to be doing a lot more esports content in the coming months just because right now we're still kind of in an off-season period you know like cs has kind of hit its uh, off-season break uh, league is still an off-season Uh, i think the the only esports in call of duty is not starting until february that's another topic for another time i was gonna say Uh,
2: overwatch has like imploded because of all the blizzard stuff but that's mm -hmm. a conversation for another time
0: yeah and then uh the only uh esports going on right now has been halo uh they had a major recently and then they're going to we can talk about this another time too they're gonna have uh, online tournaments starting. They're going to have on online tournaments like every month and then they have their majors. That oh, wow. uh, that come around every so often. I'll definitely be talking about that later on, because there's a tournament in Kansas City, a major in Kansas City in like spring. And I'm probably going to try to go to that. It'll be like my first esports event that I've gone that I'll go to.
3: Oh, that's
0: going to be a lot more uh, things we're going to get into in the future. We still have things to talk about. Like I said, we have we have the whole Activision Blizzard thing. That'll probably be an episode we'll do. We'll talk about all the stuff involving Activision Blizzard and all their games, because that's been quite a stir. Uh, we'll get more into uh, the League of Legends, all the new stuff that's been in that has been a lot of changes with that in the off season, just with the game itself, not just the esports side of things, and just like very little stuff. And there's also a lot of like things like in the entertainment wise, you know, there's movies and stuff like that. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of good stuff in the coming episodes. So, uh, is there anything you guys wanted to like any? Uh, statements or any things you guys wanted to put out there before we wrap up?
2: I was going to say, too, as well, if anyone listening ever has any suggestions or things that they want us to talk on, feel free to comment or you can reach out to any of us. We'll have our you know socials and stuff. Please tweet at us. Go for it. <laughs> but yep. that can always help to gear our direction and what we want to talk on and what you guys want to hear from us especially given that the three of us each have vastly different perspectives and also know a lot of different content within this overall sphere of gaming and industry and entertainment and convention scene
1: the only thing that uh, i could add on extra to that is uh guests once we get several episodes (laughs) going you know Oh yes, I'd love that. Extra people, yep. you know, people that come in, you know, an episode here and maybe a second one later on, you know, that sort of thing. Say, Just say, yeah. general other content creators and whoever you guys want to see join us. Mm-hmm.
0: I know we can definitely if whenever we can get we take suggestions. We also probably I know, uh, I know Dallas and I know plenty of people in different uh, realms of different games and esports that we could maybe bring on the bring on the show for various yeah. things. There's a lot of there's a lot of different stuff we could go into with that, but yeah, feel free yeah, Like Brandy said, feel free to to uh, you know to ask us stuff on Twitter, tweet at us or tweet us at the uh, now loading podcast Twitter account. We actually have a Twitter account. We'll be uh, putting you know the uh, links to the episodes there, and we also probably we'll, we'll we can maybe throw out polls and stuff like that too, you know, still figuring out that part of it. But uh, yeah, I think this is gonna be going up on youtube uh and i believe spotify and are we doing on apple too
1: i'm gonna try google podcasts and
0: apple as well google okay. podcasts, awesome. Apple. Okay. yep so um the twitter account will also just have the links to probably have the links to all those as well so yeah pretty good first episode uh you know and i'm very excited to go into uh all the stuff we have planned for now and i can't wait to see where this podcast goes going forward but I, uh, I
2: was going to say, last thing, anyone who actually made it this far, thank you for <laughs> listening. It is very appreciated, and we hope that you'll continue wanting to enjoy these banters and conversations that we have going forward.
0: Until the next episode, for Dallas and Brandy, I'm Jack. Hope we'll see you guys in the next episode. All right. See you guys later.